Glory to Jesus Christ, Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their history, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is the story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by the iconography of Father Thomas J. Loya. Father Loya's iconography for your prayer and home devotion may be obtained by going to MorningstarBooksAndGifts.com That's MorningstarBooksAndGifts.com Then click on the Art and Decorative link and click on Icons in the drop-down or call 630-629-1720 Morningstar Books and Gifts 28 West St. Charles Street, Lombard, Illinois Glory to Jesus Christ! Welcome to Light of the East! I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host. And as you are listening to this program, we are mindful and keep in our prayers all those pilgrims who are attending what is now the height, the climactic moment of the annual Labor Day weekend pilgrimage at Mount St. Macrina in Uniontown, Pennsylvania. You've heard us talk about and promote that event on this program many times over the years. It's one of the great, great events of the Byzantine Catholic Church in America, Byzantine Catholics and, and others as well. Roman Catholics are welcome. Anyone's welcome. They gather on this beautiful mountainside in the hills of western, southwestern Pennsylvania. It's a place called Mount St. Macrina, the home of our Sisters of St. Basil. And for 77 years now, this is their 77th straight annual pilgrimage to Mount St. Macrina, and always on Labor Day weekend. In fact, the Sisters are celebrating their 90th anniversary or their founding. So it was a big weekend at Mount St. Macrina, and as you're listening to this, the pilgrimage itself is coming to its climactic moment. We have the large liturgy, the hierarchical liturgy, which means the liturgy with the bishops, all of our bishops together on the holy mountain of Mount St. Macrina. So our prayers are with them and all the pilgrims, but they've had a very fruitful, grace-filled pilgrimage, and they'll have a very safe travel back to their homes as they are renewed by the graces of that pilgrimage and the graces that are on that mountain. Have you ever been there You'll know what I mean. If you haven't, please visit anytime Mount St. Macrina in Uniontown, Pennsylvania. Look up the sisters there, Sisters of St. Basil. It's a beautiful place in a beautiful area of the United States, really. It's down close near the border of Pennsylvania and West Virginia, southwestern Pennsylvania. That's Mount St. Macrina, the Sisters of St. Basil. We also have an exciting week coming up liturgically, so I'm going to wish you a belated Happy New Year. That's right, Happy Belated New Year. 
because in the Byzantine liturgical calendar, our new year begins on September 1st, which means it just began. And we have the very first major feast day of the year. The year starts off with a bang, as it were, liturgically, with who else but the Mother of God. The birth of the Mother of God is a big feast day coming up on September 8th on our liturgical calendar. There's a few others after that, such as the Exaltation of the Cross. But we'll be talking more about that today and also in subsequent programs. But there's something else that's going to be happening. Actually, there's a lot of things going to be happening. One of those is going to happen, at, proud to say, at my parish. But not only at my parish, in several places in the United States. And that is a concert a concert by the seminarians from our Byzantine Catholic Seminary in Preshov, Slovakia. The seminarians will be coming from Slovakia. They're going to be touring the United States. They're going to be giving concerts of the liturgical music of our church. And you'll be hearing snippets of that music on our program today. But to talk about this event, the one who's engineering this event, the one who engineers also these great events of the Oriental Lumen Conferences and so many other things, the as I call them, he is the tail that wags the dog in the church. We welcome to Light of the East, Jack Fiegel. Welcome, Jack. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to you forever, Father. Thank you very much. Well, as I mentioned, Jack, you're behind a lot of things here. And one of those, of course, is the Orientami Lumen Conferences, meaning Light of the East Conferences, which you bring together major speakers from Orthodox, Roman Catholic, and the Eastern Catholic Churches, and you look at very, very important, significant issues and some very, very excellent presentations. And this particular Oriental Lumen Conference was very pivotal, wasn't it? You, it was large, wasn't it? Yes, we had uh, uh, over 100 participants, which is, uh, I think, the most we've had since uh, the terrible day of 9-11, 10 years ago. Uh, so it was uh, very well attended. Uh, we had some terrific speakers, lively discussion, and um, the topic was, I think, uh, right in the middle of where things stand for Catholic Orthodox relations, and that is the role of the Bishop of Rome, the papacy, uh, was our theme this year. And who were the speakers? The leading speakers, uh, we had six altogether, mm -hmm. uh, were Metropolitan Callistos of Diocleia, uh, Timothy Ware, a retired professor from Oxford and probably one of the foremost Orthodox writers and theologians in the English-speaking world for sure, and also from the Vatican, from Rome, uh, the uh, retired professor of liturgy, also quite well-known around the world, uh, Archimandrite Robert Taft. Now, um, the audience doesn't can't see this, but I'm bowing my head at, the, at this moment at the mention of Father Robert Taft. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, and so they were, they were our top uh, headliners, if you will. Uh, we also had uh, a couple of younger theologians, Monsignor Michael McGee from Philadelphia Seminary, and um, uh, a, uh, a recently uh, graduate from the Shaptitsky Institute in uh, Ottawa, um, uh, Adam DeVille, who's uh, just published his book, uh, Orthodoxy and the Roman Primacy. Wow. Uh, so we had quite a lineup of, of excellent speakers and uh, uh, also uh, had, a, had a surprise visit at our opening session of uh, Cardinal Theodore McCarrick, oh. who just stopped by to say hello and to uh, welcome everyone to Washington. He's the retired archbishop here in Washington, and uh, he had a free evening, uh, was not traveling, and so he just uh, came by and so low as he's done on, on a number of occasions over the years. Well, that certainly works towards uh, unity in the Church. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, it was very edifying to see him, Metropolitan Callistos, and then our, our Catholic co-patron, Bishop John Michael Botin of the Romanian Greek Catholic Church, hmm. uh, all at the opening session making comments and talking about how important our meetings were. And then our final plenary speaker on the last evening of the conference was Metropolitan Jonah, hmm. who is the primate or head of the entire Orthodox Church in America. Wow. 
Wow, what a life. <laughs> he was our, our closing speaker. So, uh, And we had a wonderful presentation also of Father Ron Robertson. Oh, yeah. Who works on the staff of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops here in Washington. Uh, he gave a summary of a document that was published by the Catholic and Orthodox Dialogue here in the United States uh, last year on what the future uh, church unity might look like. Wow, Jack, that, that lineup of speakers is sort of the church's counterpart to the old, uh, I'd say the 1950s Yankees lineup, you know, with Roger Maris and Mickey Mantle, you know? <laughs> My yeah, goodness. It was, it was uh, quite, quite a conference. Uh, we also uh, accomplished a couple of other things this year, one of which was uh, we made uh, audio recordings of the plenary sessions almost immediately available um, uh, through the Internet uh, on the website of Ancient Faith Radio. Uh, and uh, so that uh, was a very popular way for people who could not attend to actually feel like they were participating. And Ancient Faith Radio is the Internet radio of the Orthodox Church. That's right, that's right. The thing we did not uh, broadcast were the panel discussions. That's uh, that's what people who come to the conference in person get to hear. <laughs> yeah, those are the <laughs> that's where the real fun begins. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but we made the plenary sessions, and of course the plenary sessions are still available to listen to or available through our OL Conference website uh, to purchase as CDs or DVDs. Okay, so they are available now? Yes. And they can just go to the website? Yes, olconference.com uh, and uh, the uh, OL15 uh, plenary sessions, as well as the prayer services. Uh, we record um, all, all the things that happen at the conference and make them available for people who uh, would like copies of, of things. Well, Jack, this is, was such a significant, significant topic I mean, it's really where the rubber meets the road right now of ecumenism, you know, especially between the Eastern Orthodox Churches and the Roman Catholic Church. Could you summarize or give us a few highlights of, of what was said? In other words, what did the Orthodox say? What did the Roman Catholics say? What did we say, the Eastern Catholics say? Yeah, sure. Um, well, there's um, actually a, an excellent summary of this. Uh, I think it's still online. Uh, there was a feature story done by the National Catholic Register uh, mm-hmm. newspaper and uh, uh they sent a reporter, and uh, so I'm going to just read some of the quotes that uh, they had in their article, uh, and these were, you know, quotes from speeches and, and interviews that they did. Metropolitan Callistos felt that most Orthodox would concede that uh, the Bishop of Rome is a successor of Peter in a very special way, mm-hmm. and that although Orthodox in general consider all bishops to be successors of Peter and the Apostles, there is a special role that the Bishop of Rome uh, as a direct successor of Peter uh, has, but he, uh, you know, takes the normal Orthodox position that it's a, a primacy of love, a primacy of uh, honor. Uh, there is a primacy, uh, but it's not jurisdictional in the sense that the Pope is uh, has immediate authority over the entire Church uh, around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was his position. Um, uh, Father Taft, Archimandrite Taft. Uh, had some interesting comments as well, um, indicating to uh, Metropolitan Callistos' uh, comments and his reactions that there still is a lot of work to do. It's too early to decide, in his view, what a united church might look like. But he actually uh, had an interesting perspective in that he felt that the Roman Catholic Church uh, had to modify its overly centralized government before any possible church unity could uh, could, could take place. Hmm. So he was uh, actually fairly critical of Rome being too centralized, uh, and uh, so he uh, he felt that you know things were making were making progress, uh, but uh, there were uh, some other uh, issues that uh, the Roman Church had to, had to uh, address. Uh, one of the specific items that came up was 
uh, a short discussion about the, the the title of the Pope, or one of the titles, that was dropped in recent years, and that is Patriarch of the West. Yes. Metropolitan Callisto said that, uh, that there are clearly three tiers to the Church, uh, in his view. A diocese, regional patriarchs, and then the universal primacy. And that by dropping the Patriarch of the West title, uh, the Orthodox took that to mean that Rome did not consider regional patriarchates important. Hmm. So, uh, although explanations of that change uh, suggested that it was an ecumenical move, uh, it actually has had the reverse effect that the Orthodox are now more skeptical. Well, we're going to talk more about church unity, the Oriental Lumen conferences, and the seminary choir that's coming to America. We're going to talk more about this with our special guest today, our good friend Jack Fiegel. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. Click on the radio button and then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. Did you know that God constructed women's arms differently than men's? I am Father Thomas Loya with the Theology of the Body moment for the Tabor Life Institute. The axis of a woman's outstretched arms angles inward at the elbow, whereas in men the axis is straighter. This enables women to bring things to themselves easier than men. Everything about a woman's body, her mind, heart, and soul, is designed for connectedness and to bring the world close to her heart. The language of her body says that God is close, tender, and loving. But she also has what John Paul II called a genius. It is her gift of receptivity, stamped in the very design of her body. The Pope said that this makes woman the archetype of the human race because God designed the human race simply to receive his love. To find out more about the theology of the body, visit TaborLife.org. TaborLife.org. You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Welcome back to the second part of our program today, Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Lillian. We're talking with our good friend and frequent guest here, and hopefully he'll always be a frequent guest, Jack Fingo. Now, before we go back to Jack, I just want to acknowledge a few of our listeners, our friends out there, especially all of our listeners out in California. We have a wonderful listening population out there in California, a very devoted audience. I just want to say hello to all of you, and especially in the Bay Area and also in places like Orinda, California. Many of you listening on Immaculate Heart Radio, so I want to commend Immaculate Heart and also all of you who listen. Especially want to thank Sonia Cavazos for all of her listening and dedication to our program. So hello, Sonia. And yes, Sonia, you made a request that I keep in my prayers your granddaughter, and I will do that. Sonia's granddaughter has a little medical condition that she asked me to pray for, and we will certainly do that. I invite all of you listening to pray for Sonia's granddaughter. Again, Sonia is from Marinda, California, and so we will pray for her. And thank you again, Sonia, for your constant, constant dedication to our program here and all of you who listen. And, you know, we're always interested in hearing what you have to say, so you can, uh, you know, drop us a line or uh, call me up or, you know, send a letter, fax, whatever. So we're here at Light of the East. 
Well, okay, back to Jack. And Jack, in this Orientale Lumen conference, okay, you mentioned about what Father Taft said and also what the Orthodox, or one of the Orthodox members, uh, Timothy Ware, but also what about uh, the Roman Catholic? Did, did Father uh, Roberson speak on this? Well, he didn't speak to the topic. He, he really summarized the document about church unity in the future. Uh, the Roman Catholic speaker uh, that we had was Monsignor Michael McGee, and he talked about the structure of the church in more general terms, but that uh, he, he said that there was, in his mind, a distinction of how the Pope would govern Eastern churches in communion with Rome versus the Latin Catholic Church. Mm. Uh, so he did recognize the distinction there. Uh, he uh, has also written a very, very extensive book, uh, I think it was his doctoral thesis, uh, on patriarchates uh, as a general ecclesiology uh, in the Church, a very, very detailed, I think it's almost a thousand pages. Uh, we had copies available, but mm. I don't think anyone uh, <laughs> was that interested. <laughs> but um, he gave excellent uh, comments and reactions to the other speakers, uh, and uh, he said, uh, you know, it was... Uh, it's it's important to realize that the Latin Church is a particular church within the universal church, and I think right. that's perhaps one of the things that uh, he was emphasizing, that the Latin Church also needs to understand more of its proper role as a particular church rather than equal to the universal church. Yeah, now that that was a well, that that was really a, a step forward, huh? From coming from a, a person from the Western Church and the Latin. Well, I, church. I think it's because of his education. I think we still have a lot of work to do to get that message out to what I call the person in the pew. Yes, uh, and and the parish priest uh, who you know is focused on their own uh, issues and uh, problems in the parish or at the local level, and some of these uh, higher level and weightier issues, uh, you know, just aren't aren't in their radar yes. because it, it doesn't affect them that much. Yeah, but yet, what can be more important than reunifying once again, you know, bringing back the unity of the torn body of Christ? We have to remember the church is the body of Christ on earth, and it is torn apart. So this is certainly, a, it certainly has been a priority among the highest-ranking leaders of both the Orthodox and the Roman Catholic Church. Now, I'm sure when Patriarch Bartholomew gets together, for instance, with, with the, the Pope of Rome, I'm, I'm sure that they this is a priority for them because, for one thing, both the East and the Western lungs of the Church, as John Paul II referred to them as, we all now realize that we face very much common enemies, common threats to us. In other words, secularism, moral relativism, the threat of Islam extremism, and so on. These are now shared common enemies, as it were, to the health of the Church and to salvation. And I think that the leader is certainly at the top are willing to admit to each other that, you know, we need each other to come together to fight these common enemies. You know, we're stronger together than if we're apart. Absolutely, and and some of those uh, kinds of comments came out in the panel discussion this past year, and so we're uh, actually looking at next year's conference to possibly address some of those kinds of issues um, through the laity. Oh. Uh, Metropolitan Callistos has suggested a theme for next year of something called Theology of the Laity in the Church. Wow. You know, what would be kind of fun to have a Oriental Lumen Conference in which we get these people back, these speakers that you had, and maybe some others as well, and actually, just for fun, just architect what the Church would look like if it was, again, reunited, you know, with the Pope of Rome, mm-hmm. 
but to making the modifications and so on. What would that actually look like? I think that would be kind of fun, you know, to kind of submit like a bit of a conceptual blueprint of a reunified church. That, that, that's exactly the document that Father Robertson presented and summarized for us that was put together and has been published both through the uh, Orthodox uh, website of what used to be called SCOBA, now called the Assembly of Orthodox Bishops, and the USCCB's website is a blueprint uh, and some brainstorming ideas that the theologians put together uh, about uh, a, f- a future unified church. Uh, and he summarized it in, in the, uh, the last session of the conference that we have his comments also you know, available in recorded form, and the document itself is available online uh, at the uh, USCCB website. Wow, and then once again, your website for this information? Uh, olconference.com. Olconference.com. Right. You know, one more comment I want to make on this, and then we'll move on to the choir concert. You know, I don't know if people caught this. I did. During World Youth Day, the Holy Father, Pope Benedict XVI, in his homily at the concluding Mass on Sunday, in World Youth Day, used this phrase. I don't know if people caught this. I'm interested to see, Jack. Maybe you can kind of do some bloodhound work for us here at Light of the East and see if there's any ripple effect, any buzz about this on the Internet or wherever. But he used the phrase, he said in his homily, that Jesus Christ, when he was referring to Peter, he said, he said that it would be Peter's faith, upon Peter's faith, he would build his church. Now, this is very, very interesting wording, because usually from the West, they talk about the, the idea that they, they interpret this as, no, Christ built, will build his church upon Peter. And it's the Orthodox, and actually Protestant brethren, too, who will say that, no, it was more Peter's faith when he said, upon this rock I will build my church. In other words, it was the rock of his faith, not him as a, him as a person. And the Pope mentioned that phraseology, and I assume this is what he meant by it. He didn't elaborate a lot on it, but it's very interesting that he used that phrase. Well, yeah, I, I, I hadn't heard about that, but I'll certainly uh, snoop around, and I'll be seeing Metropolitan Callistos in a few weeks, and I, I may ask him if he's uh, heard any reactions or comments to that. One, one thing, though, that uh, I, I can uh, relate, and that is uh, uh, many or almost all the Orthodox folks that I uh, work with and deal with in these conferences and other projects have all commented to me that they feel Pope Benedict is the most Orthodox pope in recent memory. Yes, this is what I'm hearing, and, and I can understand that as well. That, that's encouraging. So for him to use that sort of phraseology as the astute theologian he is. Yes. Um, that, uh, you know, and, and they're using the word orthodox in the sense of right believing. Right. Rather than big O orthodox. Right, because he, he comes from a standpoint of pure, true scholarship. He has yeah. no agenda. He goes after what is the truth, That's plain right. and simple. Now, let's talk about this tour. I'm, uh, I'm excited about it because I'm hosting this choir. And in fact, Thursday, October 6th at my church, Annunciation, Thursday, October 6th, they're going to come and sing. And it's going to start about 7 o'clock in the evening. I, ble- I believe that's a Thursday night. Yeah, Thursday evening, October 6th, 2011. And the seminary choir from Preshov is going to come. That's, of course, our mother country of our church, where it came from, and the Central European area. And tell us about this tour, Jack. Sure. It's going to cover about 25 different parishes from New York to Chicago to Washington and all sorts of little towns in between. We've got uh, 12 seminarians coming over uh, that have been uh, together for uh, quite some time. I was there in March and made recordings of them that we'll have available at the concerts as well as through the website that people can can buy CDs and DVDs of, of their music. They're an excellent, excellent singing group, beautiful harmonies, uh, blending. They're serious about their music. 
Uh, one thing that, I, that struck me, too, was that their tempo is perhaps a little faster than a lot of us in America are used to on some of these hymns. So yes, it's yes, got a lot of spirit, a lot of, uh, yeah. as, as Father, we would call in, in the Slavic tongue, a lot of duk. Yeah, a duk, yes. <laughs> a lot of spirit. Uh, and uh, these are all men studying for the priesthood. Uh, our seminary in Preshov has about 60 to 70 seminarians in residence, another 20 or 30 out in pastoral assignments. The seminary is overflowing with vocations, which is a wonderful sight to see. And uh, the purpose of the tour is uh, a couple of things. One is to um, give these guys an education about what America is like and the opportunity to see America uh, firsthand. The other is to bring the church Slavonic music uh, back into our parishes for the older folks to, to remember and the other folks to hear, because we've lost a lot of that singing capability, I think, in our parishes uh, over the years. And then... Um, Because the concerts are free and open to the public, we ask for a free will offering or donation. And so we are hoping to have more donations than our travel expenses and all of the proceeds from the tour are fundraising to go back to support the seminary and their operations. Uh, By the way, uh, there's a website dedicated to information about the tour with all of our stops throughout the the country and information about the uh, seminary. And that website is seminaryconcerttour.com. SeminaryConcertTour.com Right. Well, Jack, I'm excited about that, and I hope our listeners are too. And another reason why I'm excited is because when they're coming to my church on Thursday, October 6th, it happens to be the Feast of St. Thomas, my patron saint. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, we'll have to to do something special for you, Father. Well, great. It'll be special to have them here and having you here as well, Jackson. And and again, it's always special having you here on Light of the East, and we're going to have you back. We're going to keep talking about and informing listeners about this fantastic tour. So once again, Jack, thank you for being with us on Light of the East. And I want to thank all of you for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the Light of the East. To find out more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue this program with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount would be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois 60491. That's Light of the East 14610 Will Cook Road, spelled W I L L C O O K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God bless you and grant you many happy years. <laughs>